Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, May the 27th, 2022. It is currently 2.15 p.m. Central Time. I am broadcasting live from Abilene, Texas, and I'm and I am broadcasting when I shouldn't be, because technically right now I shouldn't be broadcasting because I'm just filled with a lot of anger, a lot of aggravation, a lot of frustration. And so that's usually not the time to turn on a microphone. When when you are emotional, you, you probably should not do a live broadcast. You should take a few minutes, breathe, think about it, because if you're not careful, you're going to say something that you're going to regret. Right? You, you've all experienced that. There's plenty of times in your life where you get angry, you get frustrated, you get mad, and, and, and you know that if you, if you speak, it's probably everything you're going to say, you're going to end up regretting. And I, and I try to follow that rule. There, there are times I'll, I'll get ready to sit down uh, behind a microphone, maybe talk about something happening within the world of Christianity, something happening within the world, and I'll be like, you know what? I can't talk about that right now because I, I, I'm not in the right emotional state. And right now I'm very angry, very frustrated, very upset. So I'm not in the right emotional state. So I probably shouldn't be broadcasting. And you're like, okay, you're making a good point. So why are you broadcasting? Because, well, in this particular case, I think the fact that I'm not in the right emotional state makes this the perfect time to return to a subject that we started talking about a few nights ago. And that is, we started talking about the idea of biblical lament, prayers of lament, prayers that come out of pain, that we talked about that our, our pain, our anger, our discouragement, our depression, our frustration, our bitterness it needs a voice. And sometimes within Christianity, it's like your anger, your pain, your bitterness. It has to just be suppressed. It has to be pushed down. It has to be denied. It has to be covered up with a smiling face saying, praise God, everything is wonderful. And I reject that. No, I believe that all of that, that pain and all of it needs a voice. And that voice is a prayer of lament. And I believe it's a biblical concept. And it's one that must be talked about. So we're going to return to that subject. But before we do so, before we return to the subject, let me find an email that was sent to me in regards to that broadcast. I'm very grateful that someone uh, took the time to write me. They wrote this to me uh, on May the 26th at 2.42 a.m. in the morning. Um, and I'm just grateful that they, that, because when I, by the time I finished the first broadcast, I don't know, you know, I felt like, well, I don't know if it's going to benefit anyone. I don't know if anyone's going to care. I, I felt there had to be someone somewhere in the world that the, that they would, they, they would have connected with the message. They would have connected with this idea because I don't know if you've paid attention to what's going on in the, in the world, but the war in Ukraine, the shooting in Buffalo, the absolute horrific report released by the Southern Baptist Convention about sexual abuse within the Southern Baptist Convention and the cover-up, and then the horrible shooting, horrific shooting here in Texas 
where elementary school kids were, 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 there's no other nice way to say it. They, they were killed. I'll just say it that way. It was horrific. It was horrible. All of the debating and discussion that has arisen out of all of these, all of these stories, it, it's just, it has overwhelmed me emotionally. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm wiped out. I, I'm just, I, there's a part of me that just says, you know what, forget everything. I'm just going to be honest between the war in Ukraine, the shootings and the SBC report. There's a part of me that just says, you know what, that's it. Just throw away the microphone, throw away the computer. Just, just forget everything, forget everything, forget church, forget everything, just forget everything. I'm just going to drop out and just never speak again because I, I'm just, I don't know what to do. And you can say, well, that's a little dramatic. Well, may, maybe, maybe, but I, but I can only speak what is true? I've just been overwhelmed by all of it. I have not been able to sleep. I've just, I can't express to you just how much all of these things are weighing on me emotionally. I, I'm, I'm really at just almost at a breaking point. But then, well, that, that makes it perfect to talk about a prayer of lament because a prayer of lament is where our pain and our anger and our discouragement and our despair is given a voice. And I hope that you will listen carefully as we talk a little bit more about prayers of lament. But let me go to this email because they said it in ways they were far more articulate than I have been. Um, I, I'm just, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. But let me just read some of, the, of what they had to say. Um, they, they start with a thank you. And they said, every time one of the mass shootings happen, I am devastated. But for some reason, this one has completely wrecked me. Now, I agree with you. Every time a mass shooting has occurred, I have been completely devastated. I will never forget Columbine. Oh, man, that that shooting, really the, the one that kind of brought, you know, these ideas of mass shootings and school shootings to really the public consciousness. Um, I'll never forget. I was uh, at working at Erling Berkowitz Hospital, um, which was connected to Offutt Air Force Base, the regional hospital. And um, I was, I think, I don't even remember, I would have to go back and look at the time of the day when the shooting was occurring and everything, but I was working in the uh, records section, and right across from the records section, like where, where our door came out of the medical records section, you walked out the door and you turned right, and I don't remember what clinic that was, Um I don't remember the clinic, but they had a television there, and I kept walking out, going back over there, and we were just standing there in the waiting area watching this tragedy unfold, and it was absolutely devastating, and that feels like a lifetime ago, and I was completely wrecked by it then, and every time, I, I feel like in some ways I'm completely wrecked by all of them, but to be fair, maybe I'm I'm more wrecked by this one. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah. So I'm just glad there's someone else out there who who can express that they have been completely wrecked by this. He says, I can't get the pictures of those kids out of my mind. And I've looked at the pictures of these kids numerous times now. And it's just every time. It's even hard to talk about. It says, one in particular was a little girl holding up her award. She had a, such a big, excited smile on her face. She was so happy and proud of that certificate. And a few hours later, her life was violently ended. She was just so happy to be rewarded for her hard work. And she, has, and, and she had no idea she would never get to be an adult. I can't get that picture out of my head. 
of uh, I can't get that picture of out of my head of her innocent joy. I think of the terror and gore that those kids experienced in their last moments of life. I watched their parents' painful sobs, knowing they were feeling the worst pain a parent could ever experience. I just want to make it better for them, but there's nothing I can do that will take their pain away. I just want to hold them so tight. I feel so bad for them. I can hardly stand it. I've been bawling all day. It hurts so bad. My heart is breaking for these people. I'm overwhelmed. And it says, when you talked about lamentation, it just spoke straight into my heart. I will go through the Psalms and find the lament and cry out to my God. I have to do something because I can't stand this pain. And and I when I when I read that that wrecked me as well because I I'm, I I don't know what to do it it's it's just so all of it the shootings the war I mean the stories coming out of the Ukraine they, they're they're horrific they're horrible and 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 of course there's situations that came out of Afghanistan situations that came out of Iraq out of Syria you just over and over over just pain death and destruction and I know we live in a fallen world. And I know that pain, death, and destruction is what happens in this fallen world. Still raises serious philosophical and theological questions that I won't get into right now. But, I, but ultimately, you're left with very few answers. You're left with very, very, very little we can do. You're not going to get an answer to the why. That's the one thing I do love about the book of Job. He doesn't get an answer. He doesn't. We sometimes forget that as a reader, we're like, well, of course, God was, was trying to prove a point to, to Satan. And like we somehow, we, we come up with an, an, an explanation that makes us feel good. But Job never got an explanation. He just got asked questions. And then Job basically said, I'm, go, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say another word. He couldn't answer the questions. He was left without ever knowing. And it was also left with the scars and the pain and the death that he witnessed or he experienced from and people from people in his family who died. It's a it's a, in one say in one sense it's a horrible story, but it does illustrate the reality of life that in and when death and tragedy and pain occurs to us and around us, we're we're almost always left with no answers. No real explanation. No, a lot of what about this and what what could have been this and maybe I should have done this. You're left with a lot of questions, but no answers. So what do you do with that pain? What do you do with that grief? What do you do with that that frustration? Maybe even bitterness. Maybe that anger that has to be given a voice. And the only thing I can offer you theologically is the is the the concept of a biblical lament. A prayer of lament. That is what we've been talking about, and that's what we're going to return to. And I just want to just remind you again of Psalm 130, verse 1. Psalm 130, verse 1, which says, Out of the depths I called to you, Lord. Lord, listen to my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. Out of the depths, I will call to you, Lord, out of the depths. A prayer of lament is a prayer that arises out of pain. You have to have the pain. You can read a lament. You can memorize a prayer of lament. You can remember. You can memorize a psalm of lament. But it doesn't mean anything until you feel the pain, until you feel the anger, the confusion. Then that pain 
you you hand it a biblical lament and it give it gives it a voice the church sometimes we're just supposed to say oh, everything is wonderful everything is great but no there is a place for a biblical lament let me remind you a little bit of what we have said and what we've talked about here all right uh just a little bit here okay um a couple of things a lamentation a prayer for help coming out of pain is very common in the Bible. So a lamentation or a prayer for help coming out of pain. I want to just stress that it comes out of pain is a very common thing in the Bible. Over one third, 50 or so of the Psalms are laments. Lament frequently occurs in the book of Job. For example, Job 311. Why did I not perish at birth? Come forth from the womb and expire. That's Job 311. And again, you're almost taught in Christianity, you can't say that. You need to give a positive confession. How dare you say something like, you wish you were dead? Why didn't I die? I wish I was never born. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, that's how lost people talk. That's not how believers talk. Job was a righteous man. Job was a perfect man the way the Bible, as the Bible describes him, righteous. Obviously, he was a sinner, but he was upright. He was righteous. He was godly. Yet when everything fell apart around him, he cried out, why did I not perish at birth? Why did I not come forth from the womb and expire? Why did I not die? It's okay to express that. And, and biblical, biblical lament gives you that ability to do so. The prophets likewise cry out to God, such as Jeremiah, why is my pain continuous, my wound incurable? Uh, Habakkuk, my legs tremble beneath me. I await the day of distress that will come upon the people who attack us. One whole book, Lamentations, expresses the confusion and suffering felt after the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. We find something similar in the New Testament as well. People who were afflicted cry out to Jesus for help. Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Jesus himself laments to the Father in the garden, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take this cup away from me. In his agony on the cross, Jesus makes his own, his own the words of Psalm 22. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Despite its wide-ranging presence in the Bible, we Christians have by and large lost touch with this dimension of prayer. It is something we desperately need to recover, and I say we desperately need to recover it right now. I think early, I think this should be Discipleship 101. You're a believer. You're following Christ. You've put your trust in God. Praise God. Amen. Great. You're, you're a part of the family of God. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise God. You have eternal life. But here's what you need to know. In this life, you are still going to experience pain and suffering and tragedy. And all around you, you're going to see the pain and the tragedy and the death and the suffering in this world. Here's what we can offer you to help you in your spiritual life. It's called a biblical lament. Keep it close by. Keep it in your pocket because when the world falls apart, when, you're, when you feel like you're crumbling from the inside out, when you feel like you can't breathe, when tears are streaming down your face, grab that biblical lament and cry out 
scream out to God. And don't let any Christian tell you, no, 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 no. You need to give a positive confession. No, 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 no. You can't say these words. Don't listen to them. Listen to the scriptures that allows and shows us people of God screaming out in prayers of lament. We have to recover this. When we feel blessed in life, when we experience goodness and wholeness, we turn to God and praise and thanksgiving. What happens when we experience just the opposite? What happens when we're overcome by the presence of chaos, brokenness, suffering, and death, or by a sudden sense of human vulnerability, right? Like in shootings and and sexual abuse and rape happening inside the church and war. When we hurt physically, we cry out in pain. When we hurt spiritually, we cry out and lament. Lamentation can be described as a loud spiritual scream, a loud spiritual scream of pain. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm borrowing from an article here. I keep changing words and adding my own. I'll give you the name of the article when I'm done, but I, I'm borrowing heavily from that, but I keep changing and adding my own. They don't, they don't call it, a, they don't call it a, a loud spiritual scream. That's my words. They refer to it as a religious ouch, but I, I think it's got to be, it, to really capture the spirit of a lamentation, of a lament, it's, gotta, it's a spiritual scream of pain. That's what a biblical lament is. It is a spiritual scream of pain. You, you don't have to spend your Christian life denying the pain, the depression, the discouragement, the uncertainty, the chaos, the confusion. You have given a biblical example to cry. Job did not just say, everything's wonderful. Job did not say, all is well with my soul. I know that that is so built into the Christian mindset. It's like everything's falling apart. Your family just died. Seeing all is all is well is one all is well with my soul. Seeing that oh, isn't that wonderful? No, it's not wonderful because all is not well. I'm tormented, tortured, and don't know what to say and don't know what to do. I wish I was never born. Say that. Say, God, why have you forsaken me? Say, God, where are you? Save me. I don't understand. It's okay to say that. Instead of giving people a biblical lament, we've handed them a hymn saying, all, you know, it is well with my soul. Not all is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. We've given them that hymn and go, this is how, this is how you respond when tragedy occurs. Now, depending on the history of that hymn and the hymn writer, some people say that it wasn't really well with his soul because it, well, he basically has a complete breakdown after that. Now, there's some dispute on that history. Uh, I don't have the history in front of me, but it's something you may want to investigate. But the point is, whether he, he his life ended great or his life ended with a complete breakdown, the point is, that's not the biblical answer, is to say, all, all you know, it is well with my soul. It, that, no, it's not. The biblical answer is not to say, all is well, everything is great. The biblical answer is to scream out in, in spiritual pain. That's the biblical answer, and that we need to teach people that. Now, to begin with, a laments, uh, we, the laments we find in Scripture are addressed directly to God. Out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord, hear my voice, Psalm 131. My soul, too, is utterly terrified, but you, O Lord, how long, Psalm 6, 4. 
In more modern terms, we might say, I call to you, O Lord, and all I get is your answering machine. We take our cries directly to the top. God, however, seems very far away. Oh my God, I cry out by day and you answer not by night and there is no relief for me. Now, they make a reference to Psalm, I believe, 22 here. Let me look at it. Psalm 22. And you really should go through and find all the words of lament. You should go and find all of them in Scripture. Okay, uh, Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from uh, from my deliverance and from my words of growing? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. Th- those are oh, those are words that can be cried out. Now, li- now, listen to me carefully. This is very, 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 very important. I understand that the prayers of lament, that the, the words of lament found in the Bible, I understand they have historical context. I know they have to be interpreted correctly to the for the people speaking it and their particular context. But we can take those words, not to say that they are directly about us or directly applicable to us, but we can take their words that they used to express their spiritual pain in their situation, and we can take those words and use those words to express our pain. We're not saying those words are about us. We're saying that these are words used by people in the word of God I'm going to use their words to express my pain. That is what we're saying should be done with a biblical lament. Within a biblical lament, right? Not only is it addressed to God, they're typically addressed to God. Uh, They are also, they ask heartfelt questions. For example, how long, O Lord, will you utterly forget me? Psalm 13, 2 which implies I'm at the end of my rope and I cannot hold on much longer. And for another example, why, O Lord, do you stand aloof? Why hide in times of distress? Psalm 10, verse 1, which implies I do not understand what is going on. This makes no sense. How long? These are not requests for information more than their cries of pain. They're asking a question, but it's not really a question of like, give me an, inf- an answer. It's more like, Lord, I, I don't understand. Why, why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening? It's a cry of pain. A lot of times when people express pain, too many Christians want to line up with a Bible verse to try to give them an answer. Sometimes you got to learn to just not speak. Let someone cry out in pain. Don't give them an answer. Because you know what? Typically, your answers are nothing more than garbage anyway. Don't give an answer. Let the pain, let the spiritual cry, let the spiritual scream come out within biblical lament. Maybe they're not using the, the exact language of the Bible, but it's their lament. Let them express it. The affliction of the speakers are described in broad, stereotyped ways with which all sufferers can identify. Sickness, heal me, O Lord, for my body is in terror, Psalm 6.3. Loneliness and alienation, my friends and my companion stand back because of my affliction, Psalm 38.12. Danger and mistreatment by others, O Lord, save me from all my pursuers, Psalm 7.2. And even aging, cast me off in my old age, Psalm 71.9. In other words, it covers a wide range of afflictions. 
so you can find your scream. You can find the words to let out your scream of spiritual pain. Embrace those words. Again, I'm not saying ignore the historical context. I'm saying here are the biblical language that you can take and you can use to to let out your pain, to let out your frustration. Finally, the ultimate affliction is physical death. For my soul is, is, uh, my, my soul basically is overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to the nether world. Psalm 88, 4. All of these are manifesta- manifestations of the realm of chaos and of brokenness invading and pulling our lives apart. Lamentations often speak of enemies. At times, these are enemies from outside the community, also known as foreigners or the nations. O God, the nations have come into your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple, Psalm 79.1. At other times, it's an enemy from within who schemes and plots against the psalmist. I hear the whispers of the crowd as they consult together against me, Psalm 31.14. On more than one occasion, the psalmist suggests to God uh, things to do to these enemies, which are known as the so-called cursing psalms. So now deliver their children to famine. Do away with them by the sword. My cries be heard from their homes. Jeremiah 18, 21 through 22. All my enemies shall be put to shame in utter terror. Psalm 6, 11. Happy the man who shall repay the evil you have done to us. Happy the man who shall seize and smash your little ones against the rock. Psalm 137, 8 through 9. It is fairly obvious that as Christians, we're not all comfortable in speaking our pains, our doubts, and our angers before God. Lament leaves us more than a little uneasy. Yes, for some people, these words make us uneasy, but it's just expressing the pain, the anger, the frustration. And we have to be able to do that. The church has almost taught us, no, 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 no. Put on a smiley face. Say, praise God. Say, all things are going to work together to, for good. Just come on. All is, you know, it is well with your soul. Sing the hymn. Everything's going to be great. No, it needs to be a place to scream out our pain and our frustration and our anger. All right? We have lost a certain sense of lamentation, and this has been, in the words of one scholar, a costly loss. It's a costly loss to lose it. When we lose the lamentation, we lose, I think, emotional honesty. We, in a sense, have to run around putting fig fig leaves on to cover ourselves instead of being open and, and exposing the real us and our real emotions and real feelings. We have to pull into the parking lot of the church with a smile on our face. We have to sit in front of a microphone and, and, and just cover it all up. What could we gain if we recover lamentation? What, what, what can we get? Well, according to the article I have, they say, um, first, we could recover our first we feel my god my god why have you forsaken me and we might think i should not feel this way i'm losing my faith lament corrects a false naive and over rationalistic view of faith you see we we have a tendency to feel like wait a minute wait a minute i i i can't i can't express this because it's like i'm losing my faith no 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 that's that's a a, a totally wrong way of thinking about it 
it, it's like we we feel like our, our, our that we can't express what we really feel. Look, here's the thing. Limitation gives you the freedom to express it, right? When you lose that freedom, then what you do is you try to pretend that it's not there so that you don't feel like you're losing your faith. But in reality, you're just, you inevitably are probably destroying your faith because you're not dealing with the emotions that are there. Just because you won't let out the lament doesn't mean that you're not losing your faith. It just means you're not willing to deal with the struggles you're having with your faith. And sooner or later, well, the house of cards is going to come crumbling down. In the scriptures, faith is not simply an intellectual assent to some statement about God. It is the trusting of our entire selves to God. At times, we do, we do experience God's absence. We do feel alone and confused, and we doubt. Doubt is not opposed to faith. Faith, listen, I want you to hear that again. Doubt is not opposed to faith. Despair is. Doubt is not opposed to faith. When we, when we reach the point of complete and utter despair, that may be the opposite of faith. We see this in the case of the father who brought his son to Jesus for healing. When Jesus encouraged the father to have faith, he replied, I do believe, help my unbelief. Mark 9, 24. Even St. Paul tells us he was perplexed, but not driven to despair. 2 Corinthians 4, 8. In despair, we give up on our relationship with God. Doubt, on the other hand, is a sign that our faith is alive and kicking. It's part of the rhythm of faith itself. I think doubt and faith go together. A faith that's never doubted is a faith that's probably not real. Lament is not a failure of faith. It's an act of faith. When we cry out directly to God because deep down we know that our relationship with God counts, it counts to us and it counts to God. When we lament, when we scream out in spiritual pain, it's not despair and I've abandoned my faith. It's that I'm embracing my faith. I'm holding on to my faith and I'm screaming out to God all of my frustration, all of my pain, all of my anger, using the very words that were used in scripture to express similar emotion. Even if we do not experience the closeness, we believe, even even if we do not experience the closeness, we believe that God does care. Even if God seems not to hear, we believe that God is always within shouting distance. In the scriptures, God does not say, Do not fear, I will take away all the pain and struggle. Rather, we hear, you have no need to fear since I am with you. All right, he says this to Isaac, uh, frightened uh, of the Philistine king, Genesis 26, 24, to the anxious anxious Moses being sent to confront Pharaoh, uh, Exodus 3, 11 through 12, to the disciples when they see Jesus walking on the sea, Matthew 14, 27. And that, that seems to be the way that it is. It's like, hey, It's not that I'm going to just remove all of the pain and struggle, but no, you have no need to fear. I am here with you, even though you may not understand it, even though you may not sense it, you may not even be aware of it. I am here with you. That is more of the way to understand it. All right. So I guess the one thing that what we, we, I guess what we recover from a lamentation, we recover understanding that lament is an act of, I guess what we really recover here when we, when we 
bring back the lamentation. We bring back the use of the lament, and it becomes common in the life of a believer. I think what we see is that a lament is actually an act of faith, that we actually see that it's not contrary to faith. It's not in opposition to faith. It's in perfect rhythm with faith. Uh, uh, True faith will express lament. True faith will. I think I think that I think it's very important. Second, so I think the second thing is the idea that in lamenting we cry to God. Why, O oh Lord, our suffering is so big it does not make any sense. It lacks meaning. The desire to find meaning is a strong one. After, uh, for example, after the uh, attacks on the World Trade Center, a photo made the rounds on the internet showing what seemed to be a face or a skull visible and the smoke pouring out of the towers. Could this be a sign that this was the work of of the devil? Others appealed to the predictions of Nostradamus and some of the superficial religious explanations of prominent media preachers to make sense of what had happened. In our search for meaning, we can be tempted to look for cheap and easy answers. Lament teaches us that there are there that there are indeed things we do not understand. In fact, we cannot understand. God does not say, "Do not fear, uh, do not fear, you will understand everything and you will have all the answers." Our human mind can take us only so far. At times, we can do no more than speak our confusion to God, and lament tells us that we should do no less. So I think the first thing is lament. When we recover lament, we recover the fact that lament is an act of faith. And secondly, I think that what uh, the the bringing back uh, the idea of recovering a lament or lamentation helps us recover the idea that we're not always going to have the answers and that we don't look for simple answers. We embrace the fact that we may never have the answer. We we embrace that, hey, Lord, I don't have the answers and I am confused. Instead of seeking superficial explanations, we just embrace that we don't know. The lament allows us, in a sense, to scream out our confusion. And so, I think when we when we... When we put away the lament, we end up accepting superficial answers. When we recover the lament, we embrace never having an answer. Third, we feel feel against people who hurt us, personally or as a nation. Happy the man who shall seize and smash your little ones against the rock. And we think, I should not feel this way. It is against charity. Lament counters a false, naive, and overly romantic view of charity. Charity does not mean that everything is lovely and that we never get upset as we sit around holding hands and saying how wonderful everything is. This is unreal. The lament lets us, it gives us a, a as, this, as it says here, um, it, we feel, uh, third, we feel against people who hurt us. It allows us to express the feelings that we do have. When we recover the lament, we have our feelings have a place to be expressed in prayer to God um, and, instead of trying to deny the feeling, right? Lament lets you voice that pain and that frustration and that desire for just, justice and that desire for judgment against those who may have hurt you. It, it gives you a place to voice it. Negativity, injustice, hatred, brokenness are part of our lives and part of our world. 
In the face of this, we can have an instinctive feeling of retaliation and kind for returning hatred with hatred. I do feel pain, hurt, and anger, but these are not a good basis on which to act. The fact that I feel a certain way does not give me permission to go out and dump my negativity wherever and whomever I want. Lament suggests that it's all right to express our uncensored feelings before God. The lament says, express it uncensored to God. You've got that bitterness. You've got that desire for revenge. You've got that hatred. Scream it out to God. You don't have to say, okay, God, I, I just want you to, 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 to bless the people. Now, I know we should bless those who curse us and use us, but sometimes we don't feel that way. That's how come that part of the Sermon on the Mount is law, which condemns me. Christ does, does it perfect for me. But in the reality, I need to be, have a place to express it. It doesn't mean you hop on the internet and express it. doesn't mean you hop on, you know, all social different social media or wherever and to express it or to a friend or to, to a coworker. No, you go into your prayer closet. You shut the door and you just scream out uncensored anger and pain. The lament gives you that option. It's acknowledging our pain. In this light, what sometimes referred to as the cursing Psalms, makes sense. It gives you the voice to curse. It gives you the voice to, to call for judgment and condemnation. People, Some people take the cursing Psalms as like an opportunity to like talk big and bad about their enemies. No, 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 no. It's where you can express what you maybe shouldn't, you shouldn't feel, but it's real. So you have a place to express it to God. The cursing psalms have often been a particular stumbling block. We need to recognize first that they are clearly spoken out of great pain and distress. The feelings are really in the psalms, and at times they're really in us. But second, the psalmist does not say, I'm going to go out and smash his little ones against the rock. We do not, as it were, taking things into our own hands. We rather, God, this is the way I feel. I leave it to you. And God has never been known to rush out and do everything we ask when we are angry. We let God deal with it, and the process we get the feelings out of us. We can begin to respond more reflectively and more constructively. We've got to get the feelings out. And we say, God, destroy them, burn up the cities, whatever they hurt the person who's hurt me. But we leave it with God, and we get that anger out. The, the lament, recovering that lament, gives you that ability. And then you can process, and then you can work, and then maybe you can adopt a, a more gospel-centered approach. Because you know God's just not going to immediately go, oh, well, he wants this person destroyed. Let me go destroy them. It is true that Jesus' example teaches us to pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. An attitude found also in some parts of the Old Testament, such as Exodus 23, 4 through 5, and Job 31, 29 through 30. This is indeed the direction we hope to move, the direction we want our actions to reflect. But our feelings may not always be there, at least at first. Again, the feelings are real, real and will not go away if we do not recognize them and deal with them constructively. They will go underground and pop up later in a destructive way. A lament is a constructive way to deal with them. A lot of times people who've been hurt, 
suffering and pain and anger. You're almost always forgive and 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 love. I, I understand that, but first lament. It's before love, before forgive, before lament. Express the anger. Express the frustration. Give out the lament. Scream out in spiritual pain. It's often noted that that almost all of the lament psalms, Psalm 88 is an exception, and on a sudden turn to praise. Uh, You can see this in the end of Psalm 6, 9 through 11, and Psalm 22. Scholars have offered various explanations for this, but from the viewpoint of prayer, the meaning seems clear. It is only after we lament, after we face and express the pain and negativity and get it all out, that healing can begin. In more theological terms, we can say it like this. It is only by facing and going through the death that we can come to new life. Or I would say it this way, death comes before resurrection. We have to express the words of anger and pain and hurt and confusion. We've got to get that out. In a sense, in a sense death has to be, we have to express that before we can have the resurrection where it may turn to praise and forgiveness and love. That's, we have to work through it. The structure of the lament tells us that it is possible to praise too soon. The psalmist takes the time to let all the pain and anger out before the praise can set in. Perhaps it is not lamenting, but the failure to lament, um, perhaps it's not lamenting, but the failure to lament that expresses a lack of charity. Maybe it's a failure to lament that actually shows a lack of charity, that that we have to really let all of that anger out before we can truly have charity and love. It is true that we have lost a healthy sense of lament in most of our personal prayer life. We have lost it as well in our community or in, in, or in, in churches, even in churches that may have a liturgical life. If they follow a liturgy, many times the lament, it seems to have been lost. Almost the only remaining context which a lament is formally acknowledged is the funeral liturgy, according to some traditions. But here too, it is, it is possible to give the lament short just a short amount of time. We, I, again, we we almost like in the church. It, it's got to be it's 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 got to be positive. And it's like, how about no? We can just scream out our our, our spiritual pain. Uh, a story put, placed in this article. This is a story placed in this article. Um. A family I knew lost a child in a boating accident. A lot of pressure was brought to bear to celebrate, and obviously this is from a Catholic tradition, the mass of resurrection, to rejoice in this birth to new life. In other words, there was pressure to to make it a celebration, celebrate resurrection, celebrate the the person going to heaven, make it a celebration. And, And there's a lot of that within Christianity to do that. In this particular story, about a year later, their suppressed grief almost tore the family apart. Again, we must not deny honest pain nor jump too quickly from loss to acceptance and skip over the lamenting process. 
Christian faith does proclaim a message of hope, but death and grief are still real. We have to get back to embracing that. Now, I took a lot of that from an article called Biblical Laments, Prayer Out of Pain. I did a lot of paraphrasing and changing words to suit what I felt, but I think we have to get back to it. We've got to recover the lament. Now, I'm going to go back through some of this, and and again, I I changed the way they outlined it, but I think uh, that it's important, all right? Um, We have to recover the lament, and when we recover the lament, the first thing we recover is we, we recover the idea that a lament is an act of faith. It's not opposed to faith. It's not in opposition to faith. A lament is right there. It is It is connected to faith. Faith can handle your lament. Faith can handle your pain. It can handle your doubt. It can be expressed openly and in an uncensored way. If it's not, I don't think it's a real, I think your faith, beca- faith becomes not real. It becomes fake. It becomes a mask you put on. I think that's very important, all right? Um, I think when we, I think when we, um, by, by recovering the lament, we recover the idea that as a Christian, you're not always going to have the answer and it will ho- ho- help us hopefully stop looking for simplistic answers. We have to embrace that we, mev- we may never know. You lament not to get an answer, you lament simply to scream out your pain because you may never have an answer. You may never have an explanation. You may never gain any understanding, right? Sometimes we look for some simple answer because we won't lament. We want a simple answer. No, you got a lament recovers the idea that you will not always have an answer, all right? And third, the lament gives you the a place to express your anger and your uh, your desire for for destruction of your enemies, but you have place to express it to God. I, I, it gives you a place to do so, and I think when we recover the lament, it gives you the ability to acknowledge your pain. It gives you the ability to acknowledge it, not cover it up. Again, basically you have the theology, it is well with my soul, or the theology of the lament. And I say we need to reject the theology, it is well with my soul, and bring back the theology of the lament and say it's not well, it's not right, it's wrong, there's pain, I'm upset, I cannot believe that person did that to me, I cannot believe it. God, where are you? Not not asking that really to even get an answer, just expressing that I... I don't understand where you are, and I'm baffled and confused at your lack of action or your lack of involvement from what I see. We have to recover the lament. It must become, we must get back to not only recovering it, we have to get back to making sure we hand this to everyone we know who's a believer. They need this in their life. Because we live in a fallen world, and as tragic as it's been with the war in Ukraine, the shooting in Buffalo, the horrific uh, SBC report, and the absolute horror of the shooting here in Texas with the elementary school kids, 
more, more, more terror, more horror, more destruction, more death is coming because that's the world in which we live. And, and look, I don't know where, where, where tragedy is in relation to your family right now. I don't know where it is, but let me tell you, it's on its way. I don't, I don't know if the call's going to come tonight. I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to occur, but it's coming. It's coming. And you need to have a firm grasp of a biblical lament. You need to read them. You need to know them. You need to have them just ready at your fingertips that when everything falls apart, go grab a biblical lament, go into your prayer closet and scream out your spiritual pain. Just let it out. And you don't have to feel like you're doing anything wrong. You're actually exercising your faith. There. I wish I had. I wish I had some powerful way to end it, but I don't. Please study the Psalms of Lament, the scriptures that express lament whether they're in a psalm or they're in the book of Psalms or whether it's a psalm lament recorded somewhere else. Know them, read them. And now understand that the words have their historical context and textual context. Don't don't ignore that. But then just say, okay, I'm going to take your words, Jeremiah. I'm going to take your words, Isaiah or Ezekiel or Habakkuk or David or whoever. I'm going to take your words and I'm going to use these words today for this next 30 minutes of prayer to express this pain to God. My pain, my confusion, my frustration, my discouragement, my depression. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Biblical lament is a spiritual scream of pain, and it's an act of faith. Embrace it and use it for your own spiritual growth. Thanks for listening. God bless.